So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing the season six tell-all part two of Happily Ever After. In this episode, we hear from the rest of the couples. Angela sets a new cast record for storming off stage. Charlie wants to bro it up with everyone, bro. Yara has a current pregnancy scare, and no one talks to Tammy's mom like that. Since this is the last episode of the season, we'll end with our power rankings of the cast. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. If you also watch Love After Lockup, please listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm not at work, so that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to go back to work till Friday, and you're already back at work. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, I'm, I'm definitely dragging, so <laughs> I know. it's been a very long day, and we're, we are recording a little bit later. Super late, yeah. Yeah, well, super late for you, but definitely a lot later than we're used to recording. Uh, but it was mostly because uh, I had to watch like four hours of television right I when I got home from work because I didn't Ugh. do it this weekend, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny because we watch this, and as long as the tell-all is for us, you mm-hmm. can tell like when they wrapped it at the end and they kind of you know kept the cameras rolling for it. It was it's so long for all these yeah. people to be sitting in that room. It's just like oh my, it sounds terrible. It sounds like a horrible experience all around. I would also have to complain about this particular part of the tell-all. This part I feel like was just a cutting room floor. You know, like. It, there was nothing revealed. This was the same old shit, just restirred, you know. And it's just like hashing things that hashing out things that don't have a resolution. They never had a resolution on this season. It's just like la la la. So speaking of which, let's go ahead and get started with Andre and Libby. So they tell us that things are going well and Andre is still working with Chuck and they have already flipped a couple houses. They move on to the discussion of the babysitter briefly and Libby is frustrated that Andre doesn't understand why she needed one while working full time remotely. Andre is worried because of things he's seen on the Internet and thinks that the exception of uh, with the exception of doing her nails, Libby is fully capable of multitasking. Kalani sticks up for Libby, saying that kids are constantly needing your full attention because they are always on the move. Yara, on the other hand, sides with Andre, saying she gets that you need help, but she doesn't trust strangers taking care of her baby. Okay, so then we move on to the family drama. We find out that kind of the family's cut off Charlie because of the huge fight at the barbecue, and he's even been cut out of the family business. Chuck comes out and says that Andre is the root of all the problems, even though he technically chose Andre over Charlie. Jen shows up on video to say that Andre is manipulative and takes advantage of Chuck, and she accuses him of wanting to compete with Chuck, and Chuck says that he would see that as a betrayal. But then we see a clip of Jen, Becky, and Thomas saying they will compete with Chuck. Jen defends herself and says that they just said that because they were mad. Andre suggests that uh, she will get phased out next, and Chuck tells him that 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 won't be happening because Jen is a valuable asset to the business. Jovi suggests that they should be looking for a way to work with each other rather than trying to muscle out the people that they don't get along with. Andre gets defensive and says that he has no interest in working with them. 
Charlie uh, then comes out and they show the clip of the barbecue. Libby blames Charlie for how he came out. And Andre accuses Charlie of being a fuck up and an alcoholic. Jen says that Charlie tries to fight with everyone in the family. And it ends up that Chuck hasn't actually worked with Charlie in a while. And Charlie says that he has his own business. So whatever. As he says, bro, like 500 times. Yeah, bro. Bro. Yeah, bro. 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 Whatever, bro. But bro, bro. <laughs> Even Jen was like, don't call me bro. <laughs> Sean asks both of them to apologize for their role in all these arguments. And Andre just straight up refuses. While Charlie says, eh, I don't even hold a grudge. Okay, so uh, Andre does say at some point that all of this has to do with Charlie being an alcoholic. So do you think that if Charlie was sober, Andre would still treat him the way that he treats him? I mean, I think if Charlie was sober, he wouldn't always be making such an ass of himself in front of everybody. And then (laughs) Andre wouldn't treat him like an ass. Like sometimes – and to be fair, Andre definitely does kind of get out of his lane quite a bit. Yes. Right? There's a lot of times where you're like, dude, just just you didn't have to say that, man. Like just you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say that. And I don't know. And I I mean, honestly, it, especially with the way he okay, bro, you got me bro, bro. It didn't didn't seem like alcohol is his only problem. Uh, sure, sure. It seems like he has other substance problems right. besides alcohol going on. And we know that historically this has also been an issue, Charlie and sobriety. Yes. Right. And so especially because they made it pretty clear Andre's not the only person he doesn't get along with. Right. So it definitely would be different. So my issue with Andre is that he has like just this really inflated sense of self. He seems to think he's better than everyone. And Mm -hmm. he treats every he, he talks to everyone like that. Right. And I I do feel like he comes off more aggressive than he even thinks he does. Uh-huh. But I think that's what a lot of these family dramas come in, because like even like Andre saying, like, sit down, you know, and he explains it like, oh, well, you know, we were eating and I just, you know, asked you to take a seat. And like he even says, like, oh, take a seat. But it's like, but that's not what you said. So he even said, if your intention, yes. right. So even if your intention was like, please take a seat. It's like, that's not how it came out. So I feel like in his head, he's not as aggressive as he comes off. And so he's somewhat confused by the fact that everyone else seems really aggressive to him. Mm hmm. That's true. I mean, but he definitely has that like machismo thing going yeah. on where he comes out and is like, oh, nobody's going to nobody's gonna tell me what to do. Oh, we'll, we'll snuff you out and bring you out of the business. Like all that stuff like kind of comes out, which I thought was a little weird because th- there's all those little things that don't like go and are understood as they're supposed to be, right? Like yeah. Jen was like, you know, they watch this whole clip about Jen starting other business and he was like, well, then we'll just muscle you out. We'll just pop, snuff you out. He wasn't say snuffing out of her out of Chuck's business. She was like, if you start another business, we will crush you. Like, yeah. that's, our business will defeat your business. But it's like just the number of times you just just you didn't have to say anything. Now, the part that got me was like I, I watched that fight over and over again. I'm like, you know, forensic detail just to be like, <laughs> who started the fight? Because I want to know who started the fight. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Right. It was 100 percent Charlie, by the way, mm-hmm. because like. Charlie said that and, and, you know, Andre said sit the hell down and it, which – sit the fuck down, which is fine because it was kind of an eye-rolly like, just sh- shut up and sit down, dude. Just right. shut up. 
But then they were like, but Charlie, but, but Andre got up in his face. And it was like, Charlie started walking to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if you're not getting up to have a fight with somebody, your natural response when you're sitting down and someone's aggressively walking towards you is you, you get up to at least protect yourself. Because yeah. you know what's going on. So I don't know. It just it, it is true though that it he I wouldn't say he causes a lot of the problems as much as he doesn't diffuse conflict. And it's kind of everybody mm-hmm. else's move to diffuse conflict and he only knows how to escalate it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would actually be okay kind of never seeing this couple again. I'd be fine with that. I mean, it, it just seems like this whole family was angling so hard for a spinoff. They really were. I hope were. they don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm over them. Yeah. All right. So, I actually had one cup. We heard more from Angela and Michael because apparently we needed that. <laughs> so, and we come back because it was like the very beginning. Everyone's awkwardly kind of waiting around for Angela to calm down and return to the stage after she flashed the camera. Um, and then backstage, Angela is like ranting and raving about what psychic Tracy said. It was a woman whose name starts with an L. And oh, my gosh. It, yeah. Skyla serves as our a- Angela anger translator and says that Angela is tired of dealing with Aunt Lydia and having – and how she has too much to say about their relationship. And Michael didn't help by hushing her. So mm. kind of to fill time, Sean asks the other cast members what they think about it. Yara says Angela is extra. Kalani says that she just has a big personality and was frustrated. And then Andre says that Michael plays with her feelings. I know, but when Libby says that Michael was not being supportive, by the way, Michael can hear all of this. He's still on his like Zoom feed. Um, Michael jumps in to clarify the issue. He when he when Angela was arguing, he wasn't hushing her because you know he thought she was wrong. He was hushing her because it's appropriate to let someone finish their point before jumping in. You can't have a discussion or argument if you're just cutting everybody off all the time. But then after a smoke break. Angela comes back to the studio expressing regret to that because everyone's seen her tits now. She apologized for being vulgar and for the way she acted, but not for her message, which is stay out of her business. Lydia does not think that she's overstepping her bounds because uh, blah, 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 Nigerian man, blah, blah, has kids, whatever. Angela says that when asked of as of today to, to you know, if Michael wants kids, if then he can go marry somebody else. And then at this point, I lost the music because she started ranting again and, and I lost the thread. And then it, until she said something about booty popping music, um, she's oh. like, Michael was like, you said you were at church. And I heard booty popping music. And there was a lot of Facebook friend requests. And you told me when she sent a request that I did. It sounded like some teenage drama. Anyway, she says that her marriage is a Nigerian marriage. So it's not legitimate here. So Michael can leave and have a good life. And then she gets up and walks out of the studio again. Anyway, I think that in that whole argument against Michael, I think he said maybe 10 words. She pretty much had the argument with herself. Um, but anyway, Sean's notes that this is the first time in 90 Day History that somebody's walked off the stage twice. Anyway, backstage, Michael calls her and she has this whole big, long, stupid speech prepared about how she's done and say goodbye to her tits or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I thought we were done with them again. But then we come back and talk about how much Michael likes Angela's boobs and how he breastfed until he was nine, which leads to another weird conversation about how long all the mothers on stage breastfed. And I don't know. It seemed like a weird way to leave it. Um, 
So, I mean, ugh, why does no one listen to Michael? Because I feel like he said like one thing. He had one coherent thought he was allowed yeah. to express during this entire time. Was that right? the that part was, where he talked about breastfeeding till he was nine? I'm sorry. Two coherent thoughts. Okay. Breastfeeding yeah. till he was nine, which wasn't really coherent. It was like, it's my mother. It's like, yeah, that's who you breastfeed from. Yeah. Um, but like, no, he said, he's like, listen, I just want to have an, I just want to have one argument where someone is allowed to finish a thought before Angela screams at them. And then Angela comes in and doesn't let anybody finish a thought. And like, and the thing was, is Libby asked, he said that to Libby, right? Yeah. Who was like, well, you should stand up for Angela instead of Aunt Lydia. And it's like, that didn't respond to what he said at all. Right. Like, so right. I just feel bad for the guy sitting there trying to talk and nobody, it's like, he might as well be on mute. Yeah, yeah, I do feel bad for him. But at the same time, it's like, you know who you're dealing That's with. That's true. Mm-hmm. And also, like, not to change the subject, but can we get back to the breastfeeding thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm just, okay, I have to say, like, just, um, but seriously, about Michael and Angela, like, she's now saying that she's done. She's really done. And it's just like, I'm just tired of this situation I'm tired, like, yeah, I'm tired of her saying she's done yeah when mad, she's not really screaming done at everybody but and when, when she gets to that point she's just she's just yelling incoherent thoughts yeah they're, they're not even they're not even a put together cohesive thought it's just yelling and tracy the the tracy the the psychic and booty popping music and it's like what is she even talking about i don't even know what she's talking about yeah yeah, I just, yeah, I just am over them. I'm surprised to hear about how their wedding kind of means nothing except for in this visa process, apparently. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think she might have made that up a little bit. <laughs> right, because it seems to me that if you don't have a, like, legitimately recognized marriage, how could you even apply for this visa? That doesn't make any sense. So I feel like there's probably more and she does need to legally divorce him right i mean i feel like that if she were to just marry another american it would be impossible to verify a marriage if she's not going to offer it up because remember that like you know when you got married you have to prove that you're not married i guess yeah uh-huh. related to, married to, yeah yeah you have to Well, there's no way to prove you're not married. Right, sure. But they do, like, run, like, a record search on you, sure. Yeah. So, like, stuff like that where it's just, like, I feel like, yeah, you could probably say you're not married and it's not recognized in America. But not because not recognized in America. It's just because we don't have universal records of these things. Right, right. I mean, okay, so we can go back to the breastfeeding. Like, nine is excessively okay old. there were two things that bothered me specifically about this conversation that he said uh-huh. one was the way he said that he even breastfed he said that he just liked to play with his mom's boobs that's hey that's not breastfeeding that's yeah. something different he's like oh well i would just go up and like play with them it's like ah. that's he's like but horrifying. it's my mom it's like ah. like no child should be fondling their mom's breasts just because yeah. You know, like yeah. that's weird. 
Okay, then the other thing was, and then for some reason he made this the excuse that he was the baby. That's even more confusing to me how he's the one who breastfed the longest because it seems to me like, let's say he was the oldest, then he could hypothetically breastfeed because the milk would still be coming with the new kids yeah, but behind no, him. The, the, the milk comes as long as, as long as somebody feeds on it. That's why they used to have like milkmaids back in the Middle Ages, right? Yeah. When you were done with yours, you got like the like, whatever and you just had new babies and there was always a baby on it. Right. But none of the oldest got kicked off when the new baby needed to breastfeed. Oh, that's what he meant. OK. Yeah. And so there was nobody behind him kicking him off. And so I, I'm actually I was subtly curious if they were kind of using like the breastfeeding as like a form of birth control. Like if she kept breastfeeding him, then she you know, was less likely. To get, you, I'm pretty sure you are less likely to get pregnant if you're on birth, if you're breastfeeding. I definitely uh-huh. not 100 percent. I can definitely tell you that. For sure, certain, but it's like harder. Yeah, because I was gonna say I've heard of people getting pregnant and thinking that, but I get what you're saying <laughs> because I've heard people thinking that that is a legitimate form of birth control when clearly it is not because then they are surprised when they get like Irish twins. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, and so my 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 kids were born 15 months apart, so there was yeah. definitely still some of that going on. But it wasn't like we weren't surprised. Like we didn't have that, right. those illusions about it, but. I'm curious as to if maybe that's why she let him go that long in terms of it was it was all weird. It was weird because he just no. you're right because he didn't even mention like the actual feeding. He was like, I just like my mom. I job with my mom and I played with her boobs. And I was like, mm-hmm. No, that's not the same as breastfeeding. Like maybe we should have him define what he thinks breastfeeding is. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, let's move on to Yaren Jovi. Speaking of breasts. Because the first thing that we do is relive the strip club incident. And everyone questions Jovi's motivations for taking them on their anniversary, it ends up. Yara vents her frustration about her life in America. And if things don't work out, she'll leave to go to Ukraine because it's easier to care for Mila with family around. Gwen videos in and tells us that Jovi has a lot of growing up to do. Gwen says that raising a family is number one priority now. Jovi is saying all the right things, but Gwen says that he's not actually listening. Gwen thinks that Yara is uh, too attached to Mila, and she understands how it happens since, you know, they're together all the time. When asked if they're planning to have more kids, Yara tells us the only interesting thing that came out on this tell-all, which is that she hasn't had a period in a while, which seems to shock Gwen. She doesn't want to take a pregnancy test, although it's a little unclear why. Yara doesn't want to be pregnant right now because if she was, she would move back to Ukraine because she needs more support raising two kids by herself because Jovi's gone for work. Mm -hmm. They have tried to get a visa for Yara's mom, but it's been taking a really long time. Jovi doesn't seem adamantly opposed to Yara moving to Ukraine, and Kalani and Asuelu uh, talk about their back-to-back babies uh, trying to relate to the situation. And I feel like being a cautionary tale as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, you're yeah. All right. So um, it was weird, but they seem to be in denial about this pregnancy. And that's the reason why they didn't want to take a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. So why do you think they're like really being weird about this pregnancy test thing? I mean, I think she was being weird about the pregnancy test and she was just like, the longer I don't know, the better. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather not know than like get uh, – I'd rather not know than get an answer I don't like is Do you think they thought. really don't know though? Well, but I don't think she's pregnant. 
like they, she's not pregnant now. Oh, okay. Because what I thought was really weird was a behind the scenes. Remember afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, Julia went up to her and was like, "Oh, the baby!" And she like, you yeah. know, kind of like rubbed her stomach. And I was just like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she and she kind of did that that pregnant like lady thing where she put one hand above and one hand below yeah. her stomach and like stuck it out. But, right. Like. I don't know, because that is another thing now we go with because she is still breastfeeding. And like that can, like we said, it's not full, not foolproof birth control by anybody's stretch, by anybody's idea, but it definitely can mess with your cycle, right? It can yeah. definitely mess with like what's going on and how long things. Not two months seems like there's something going on, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speculate too much, but she definitely was like, uh, I don't know. And and I think she had the right move. Like, I think as sucky as it was for Miss Mrs. Gwen, like going to Ukraine after that with the second with the second baby is probably the right move for her. Yeah, because and I this is what I couldn't get. I don't know why Jovi doesn't have another job. Like, right. Especially if these are the options. Like, yes, you're right. I would really consider like if I was Jovi being like, OK, I want my wife to stay in the U.S. I want to stay in the U.S. Well, guess what? That means I have to find a job where I'm not traveling all the time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if he's OK with moving to Ukraine just to keep his job, then that's his decision. And I don't feel, you know, bad about it, sure. you know, because he sure. had options. But, you know, yeah, I agree. Like, he does have options. That just seems – I don't know. That's, that's just very much not the way I would play it is to be like, this job that I'm away for months at a time is so important to me that I will yeah. let my wife – I will – we will move to a different country. Although, I don't right. know. Maybe moving to a different country doesn't even sound like all that undesirable to him. Maybe that's – maybe he'd be fine with that anyway. You know, honestly, I think it would resolve a lot of their issues if they did move to Ukraine because – he doesn't have kind of the friend base to go partying all the time. Sure. And so it would kind of put some distance from, you know, the vices that he has. Mm-hmm. He would kind of have to focus on like the family. And I do think it would make her just generally feel more comfortable. Oh, she definitely would. And it was like, it, it, it just, I mean, as, as, you know, generous and as gracious as, as Gwen has been, it's different just to like rely on your own mom. Like, yeah. To do the baby stuff. It really is. Definitely. All right. Uh, last up that we heard from this week on the tell all was Kalani and Asuelu. Uh, we pick up where we left off with Asuelu wanting to move back to Samoa. Asuelu thinks it would be a good compromise for Kalani to live there for three years because he's been living here for three years. Asuelu says he wants her to see their way of life in Samoa, which includes the men doing all the things food related. Asuelu is called out for not making food at home now, and he claims to not know how to use the oven. Kalani thinks Asuelu wants to make her more submissive. We then get to see Lucina and Tammy. They're mm. there, and Asuelu starts cussing as soon as they make the announcement that, you know, that they are there at the tell-all. They play the Christmas party fight scene where Asuelu kicks out Tammy and Lucina and kind of does that weird tackle shoving them out. When asked if Kalani wants Asuelu not to talk to Lucina and Tammy, she just cries. Tammy says it's disrespectful of them for kicking them out. Asuelu says Kalani has the final say uh, when it comes to having more kids, which is, if you recall, where this argument kind of went south for them. They both want to have a daughter at some point, but Tammy is being argumentative and keeps defending Lucina. 
Tammy tries to go after Kalini and Yara. Natalie sides with Lucini, uh, Lucina and Tammy, saying that there is no excuse for Asuelu to shove his mom. All of a sudden, a verbal fight breaks out with Natalie, Yara, Michael, and Tammy, with Tammy being kind of belligerent. Like, she wasn't kind really... <laughs> okay, she was belligerent. She was be- being the belligerent aggressor and clearly not picking up on some of the references that the other castmates were making about other situations. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made her look like the fool. Tammy then says that Asuelu owes her an apology for being a spoiled brat. Asuelu needs time to think about if he wants to reconcile with his mom. Lucina came because she wanted an apology, and she obviously didn't get that. And so she blames it on the fact that Asuelu is weak and a baby. All right. So what do you think Tammy's redeeming qualities are? <sighs> Hmm. She could. I mean, she would win in a lot of fights. Does that count? Like, I don't I, think I she feel could take, like she could probably take Natalie. I don't know what. Is that a redeeming quality? I'm trying hard because <laughs> I was like, I was her like, devotion to her mom seems to be the only one that I can think of. Okay, I think yeah, and it, it's. I guess so. Even though it's really misguided a lot of very times, very misguided, very misguided. Because I was even trying to think of, well, does she dress nice? No. Like she was wearing a weird, ugly shirt. No, her she hair. She has nice look hair. Good. I mean, her hair is put together. I yeah. mean, her hair is nice itself, but I feel like she could have styled it better. Oh, yes. sure. <laughs> I don't know. There was a, I was really digging deep there, but like, yep, yeah, it's just. It, well, the the thing is too is I feel like her whatever devotion to her mom is like a cover for herself being selfish. I don't care if it should push me out. You shouldn't push your mom out because she gets on the. Don't be disrespectful to my mom off of some very, very benign comments. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. It was like it was something like, yeah, like even like we flash back to the Christmas episode. Right. Mm-hmm. And Colini was like, I think that, you know, Kalani's body, it's her choice. And she was like, don't you disrespect my mom like that. And it's like, did she <laughs> did she disrespect? and like any time anybody talked to Lucina at all. It was basically like, no, 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 you don't talk to her. Don't just, dis- you're disrespecting her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. I don't have much else to talk about. Can with I point them. this out oh, about yeah. this? Because this is, this I don't feel like came up, right? When they were talking about it, because they're talking about more kids, more kids. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how they want to have a daughter. And it was like, went by super fast. Yes. Does Asuelu want to have a daughter because the daughter is going to take care of him when he's older and the sons won't? The sons won't be expected to, and he has to have a daughter to take care of him when he gets old. I hope that's not the reason why he wants to have a daughter. That's why it went through. I think it was like, you need to have a daughter or else who's going to take care of you when you get old? Yeah, but then he's still kind of also expected to take care of his parents, right? Right. But I think he's expected to take care of his mom by, and I think it's it. I don't think they're asking him to go and have a place for her to stay or, you know, if she's, if she, you know. Needs new clothes, but he but he's supposed to be sending money. Like he's supposed to be financially supporting him, while Tammy's the one who lives with her and takes care of her and and does that. Hmm. Yeah, but then what about his dad? Does anyone take care of him? I think I, I would know. need to know his dad's situation before I could really answer that. You know? Oh, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I just that was something I thought I caught and was like, wait a second. I feel like that's part of like uh, Tammy and Lucina is kind of more like a mother daughter bond, right? Right, right. So I feel like that's why she is very close with her and taking care of her and things like that. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they have a ton of kids. 
seems like Tammy's the only one who's really kind of actively taking care of Lucina like kept, that. She said she said it in the Christmas thing. I have nine kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many kids. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's all of our couples, mm-hmm. but. Because it's the end of the season, we have power rankings. Yes, power rankings. Right. So uh, we have numbered uh, the individuals that appear on this show, main cast only, uh, one to 14, I believe. One to 14. Yes. yes. So number one is the best, I guess, cast member. And uh, number 14 is who we would consider the worst. I would be very interested to see what you have as your order, because we actually just finished recording the Love After Lockup. And this is the closest Mr. O and I have ever been to really being aligned in our list. But I kind of feel like this cast is going to be more all over the place. I think so, too. I I don't expect us to be so aligned. Lots of reasons to put lots of people all over the place. Right, right. Okay, we'll start off with your number one. My number one was Kalani. Okay, not too far off. Uh huh. I mean, she just. I thought they. I thought they were a good couple this time. That's well. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw him, it was really rough. You know, um, she meets him where he needs to be, appreciates what he has to do. You know, she's still the one that's strong and like doing the work and stuff. So, I mean, she's just there, and I couldn't think of anything that she did all season long that I didn't like. Or I thought mm-hmm. was bad. And so that, that puts her close to the top of the list. Okay. So my number one uh, was Yara. Sure. Uh, because I couldn't identify anything that Yara really did wrong. She did a lot of the right things. And I think a lot of like maybe her uh, more questionable things that maybe according to Jovi, you know, like some of the decisions she made. Um, having to do with parenting or mm-hmm. just like their living situation, I think was to make herself more comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. She has probably had some of the biggest challenges of any individuals uh, this season, just being like, and I mean, high stakes, you know, challenges, yeah. right? Having to take care of a baby while you're sick with COVID, while, oh, you know, yeah, right. you're um you know by yourself because your husband like can't get home or he just has to work dealing with jovi who's still like figuring out this whole fatherhood and kind of being a jerk sometimes along the way and it's like when i think about yaron kalani i think the biggest difference for me is kalani has support here Right. And so it's mm-hmm. not like Kalani doesn't mm-hmm. have to raise kids and she's doing her part. But Kalani was my number two. But I think just because of all the the challenges Yara had, it just made her seem a little bit. I was a little bit more empathetic to Yara's situation. So uh, Yara okay. was my number one. Kalani was my number two. Um, I would say that Kalani did a lot to really mend their relationship this year. Um, and uh, yeah, so it puts her pretty high up. Yeah, so Yara was my number two. Okay. Um, and I put her just a little bit behind because of some of the stuff she did with the, um, oh, we can't go. We can't leave Mila. She has to, right. to be with her all the time. Just a little yes. bit of that um, that kind of overly aggressive, like, motherhood. It can't be separated from the kid thing. Just just put her – Just she's still, like, the most, one of the most level-headed people on here, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
But that just put her just below Kalani for me. Well, you know, and I, I will defend my decision on this because uh, Kalani isn't all that different from Yara. Yeah, Because true. look mm-hmm. at the, you know, when they went on that ranch vacation, uh, Kalani's still breastfeeding and having to go in the middle of the night to comfort her sons, even though they're supposed to be like on vacation, just the two of them. Well, I mean, two of them plus babies nearby. Kind of right. similar to what Yara and Jovi did. Yeah, uh, So, who was your number three? My number three was Asuelu. Mine was two. Um, major just, improvement Major from improvement. Last he actually mm-hmm. seemed to get through his head. Oh, wow. I actually have to work at something and yeah. then work that. I mean, he had missteps along the way, but sure. at least he was trying. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, what about your number four? This is when it got – this is where I feel like we're going to just yes, it mess got it up. Because I was like, I don't sure. know. There were so many people. I just was like blank slates kind of. Yeah. Um, and one of my blank slates was Brandon. Yes. Okay. Mine was too. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I have him as my number four. Just because like didn't really do much. He moved off the farm. Yeah. That was something. He followed through on a promise. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He was mostly neutral. He didn't do anything too bad. Sometimes he – just says dumb things yeah. like he wasn't super supportive when uh julia was trying to get a job right he might right. have insulted her you know kind of more unintentionally he does that annoying thing where he makes a joke when she's trying to have a serious conversation yeah like, he just seems more of like a doofus bonehead about things like yeah. oh and Fair. like you know not intentionally trying to offend people but then does yeah. So yep. yeah, number four. Uh, what about your number five? Five was Libby. <laughs> okay, weird. We are definitely on the same wavelength so far. Mine was also <laughs> Libby. <laughs> because again, pretty much as much as their family was in it, she wasn't. Like she was right. just kind of there yeah. the whole time. Like pretty much a neutral. She didn't. I mean, she didn't do that annoying thing where she's done in seasons past, where she doesn't take Andre's side. Or, you know, or does until the family's around and they take the family's side. Right. And kind right. of does it. She didn't do that this time. But I don't know. I feel like the whole their whole storyline had very little to do with her at all. Yeah. And so that's funny that you should say that because the one moment that I could think about where I was just like, oh, Libby, no, was the argument that they had got in because Andre wasn't watching Right. Eleanor. Right. But then that's ex- she did exactly what you said that, you know, you don't like it when she does, which was basically like turned on Andre. And all of a sudden it was like, you know, Libby and the sisters versus Andre. Right. For, a, you know, a second. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, OK. What about your number six? My number six was Julia. OK. Julia was a little bit farther down I for me. I could see that. So I. I- it was tell all based, though. It really, really? was. Hmm. I thought and it would have more to do. Time. I mean, the reason she's as low is because that weird jealousy thing she has going on. Yes. Right? Yes. That's obviously – that obviously moves her down and would move her down except for everybody below her I have yeah. more serious problems with. Um, right, right. And so, yeah, the, obviously the jealousy thing is there. She is awfully judgmental at the tell-alls. Like, yes. She is kind of holier than – a little holier than thou. Not as holier than thou as some other people. Right. But, but uh, and I can see that, but it was just like I mean, at the end of the day, she just wanted to get the twenty-eight-year-old dude to move out of his parents' house, <laughs> like, and that's a reasonable goal for your husband. Yeah. And so I don't think she wants crazy things. It's just that you know she's has a bad way of going about it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, and this happened the last uh, season that they were on. Um, it's not that she even does anything that's like. 
truly terrible. I mean, yes, obviously in both seasons we've had her being crazy jealous. But I think the thing for me is it's like her kind of casual personality comes out more on the tell-all because mm-hmm. she's interacting with like – it's like she's only ever really even mostly nice to Brandon. She's kind of a terrible person to almost everyone else. Sure. And so it's kind of like, I just don't like her as a person. So that's definitely why she's further down on my list. But we'll get to it when we get to it. I uh-huh. mean, I don't have much else to say, but I'll, you know, say what her ranking is when we get to it. Who was your six then? Uh, my number six was Jovi. Okay. So I think the most objectionable thing that Jovi did was the strip club incident. Sure, and it course. was pretty bad. And that's why it... Scooted him down the list. Um, however, I would say that being said, he was a huge improvement over the first time we saw him. Fair. And yeah. so it's like there's there's growth and potential there, but he's definitely it's a work in progress. Yeah. I mean, so Jovi was my number seven. So it's a, that's pretty close. Um, obviously, the strip club incident was really bad, but that was like the flash of what we saw him. He was like that all the yeah. time last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't like the. You're just not the same. I want fun, Yara. Back. Boring, Yara. Yeah, yeah that's it's just not boring, the way. Yara. Like it's that not was, the way to get someone to do something. Yeah. So that was yeah number seven. Okay. Uh, you said your number seven. Okay, so my number seven was Tiffany, and okay. I feel like I'm gonna regret this because I feel like you have definitely put Tiffany further down. Um. Honestly, the reason why for me Tiffany was in the middle is because everyone else just I didn't like them and they were like worse than Tiffany. Right. Um, But I recognize that Tiffany is an awful partner when it comes to like anything related with like confidence, self-esteem, like, you know, all of that. She is constantly berating Ronald, constantly telling, pointing out his deficits, what she's not getting, he needs to be better. And she's, it's not that it's unfair what she's saying. A lot of things that she's saying is fair, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's easy to see how someone becomes so defensive and, you know, kind of tunes you out when they're hearing it the way that she's delivering the message. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ronald's not wrong. So actually my Tiffany was right there with me. She was number eight. Like she was the next one down. Um, Because it was the same thing. Obviously I talk about it all the time. I do not like Tiffany. Mm -hmm. I don't like her as a person. Like the same way you feel about Julia. That's kind of how I feel about Tiffany. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really want to have much to do with her. I wouldn't talk. I I don't, I don't think I could be friends with her. Like she just drives me crazy as a person. (laughs) And so, but, you know, in the situation they're at, she did have issues with the relationship that needed to get dealt with. But, yeah. like, the fact that the thing that drove Ronald the most crazy about her is she would never admit she was at fault for any of it, ever. Right. Like, mm-hmm. everything in her world is, I am 100% right. You are 100% wrong. I do 100% of the work. You do 0% of the work. And that's yeah. just like infuriating because you know it's not true. Everyone knows that's mm-hmm. not true. She is the 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 most – and I you know, mentioned it before. She is the most like holier than thou person on the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. All right. So that was your 
That was my number eight. Now, that means everybody below her, as much as I just said, everybody below her did things that were, like, just atrociously bad. Okay. So, my eight was Michael from Angela and Michael. So, he's my number eight. Um, I would say that the worst thing he did this season was basically not being there to support Angela during her surgeries. Mm -hmm. And I understand where he was coming from, even though it was a terrible thing to do. Right. And it's because in dealing with Angela, she doesn't listen and doesn't respond when he actually does communicate. And Mm -hmm. so his way of kind of trying to get her attention was to basically ignore her. Now, it came at a terrible time. And even Mike of Mike and Natalie had the good sense to know, like, if your wife is in surgery, doesn't yeah. matter the status of things. You still got to be there. Right. right so, I mean, right. Uh-huh. but, you know, but it's like I I can't even imagine like having to deal with a personality and someone like Angela, right? How mm-hmm. do you resolve any conflict with her? And she's someone that is very hard-headed and what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, so Michael was my number 9, like yeah. right right next right down the next one. So if we just shift Julia down, we're right on <laughs> right on right on right on Mike. So speaking of which, Julia is my number 9, I guess. Yeah, my number okay. 9. Um and mostly just because um uh, just uh, with the tell all with her insistence you know it's like it i really got the sense and they didn't talk about it too much just because they were trying to be delicate about not disclosing too much information on ron's medical stuff right, yes right. but it sounds like that it's something that they want to be closer either to help out around because, you know, maybe Ron's not able to like do things or just for the moral support. And the Mm -hmm. fact that Julia was so incredibly unsupportive and like unsympathetic to what Brandon was going through and her stupid jealousy. And it's just like, and I just don't find her to be a likable person. So therefore Mm -hmm. she's my number, whatever, nine, nine, nine. Yeah. Uh Nine. Yes. Yes. Nine. nine. All right. So we have covered the same people now. Yes. We have five more left. Yep. So same five. Maybe different order. We'll see. Yeah. So my number 10 was Seattle Mike. Okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, Okay. um, And what's interesting because I had to make a judgment call, Uh right? And I'll talk about the judgment call when I get get to Natalie, who's obviously lower on the list. Mm -hmm. But- the things we know for sure that he did were pretty bad. Yeah. Right? The 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 way he dealt with his mom was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um his just overall we talked about it a lot. They're both bad relationship people. Like mm-hmm. both of them are just really, really bad at it. Um and they're both they both lie a lot. And so that's that's hard to get around what's really going on because nobody is telling the truth. And I don't like his woe is me. Like, I tried to come in here and the thing. I want to give it one last shot, but I guess I'm the dummy. Blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, it does drive me nuts. So I put, put him really, really low down. Um, but yeah, I feel like I have to, fig- you know, have the rest of that conversation when I get to Natalie. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my number 11 is Angela. Oh, 10. 10. 10? 10. Okay. Yes, 10. My number 10 is Angela. Okay. So, uh, I mean, 
I feel like she didn't really do anything out of character for her. Right. And she really didn't do anything truly stupid against someone else. I mean, the stupidest thing she did was not being able to quit smoking and lying to people about it. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, like, her relationship with Michael, like, he had wronged her for once. Like, you know, well, oh, the BJ for real. I'm sure he wronged her then. But, I mean, like, it was mostly her reacting to things that he had done instead of her overreacting to... You know, things that she's blowing out of proportion like we usually see of her, right? So, I don't know. I thought it was a less crazy version of Angela this season. But granted, it was mostly because they weren't even physically together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is our first season that we've seen them like physically apart the entire time. Interesting. All right. So Angela's lower on my list. Yes. Well, Mike is definitely lower on my list. Getting some changes. Getting some changes here. All right. So number 11 for me was Andre. Okay. Um, Because like he wasn't wrong most of the time. Like he was usually in the right, but then made an ass about himself by handling it bad. (laughs) Like just making making every situation worse. Like it just – it drove me nuts every time he had the upper hand in an argument or he won an argument but then had to say one more thing. But then had right. to squeeze one more thing out of it. And yeah, his the way he's, you know, his, you know, attitude of better than everybody. I'm the best person as he's hammering the refrigerator door off. Like, God, it's terrible. Like, ugh. yeah, um, Andre is my number 12. I kind of wonder a little bit. And I am going backwards a little bit just to mm-hmm. match you on this. Um, I kind of wonder a little bit how Libby kind of ever fell for him. Because it doesn't seem like he ever smiles or ever says anything like truly nice to anyone or is like just generally pleasant or nice. You know, everything he says is either neutral or like aggressive. Right. I. You know what, though? I feel like, you know, if you if you ever pay attention to like their social media and stuff, like mm-hmm. he seems a lot happier there. Right. I feel like when he gets on the show, he's like, no, I have to be the big man on the show and I'm going to be on like as soon as the cameras come in, I feel like he might turn into a little bit of a different person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So going backwards, my number. uh, What was this? Eleven is Ronald. Um, I don't know why I think I had Ronald before. I think it was probably because out of the partners that are, you know, of the people that are kind of left. Uh, his was one of the worst. Mm-hmm. And so sure. that's, that's why it's kind of like, you know, would Ronald thrive with a different partner in a different situation? Um, I'm not going to say he would, but maybe things would be different. Mm-hmm. But I do think a lot of his shutting down, his reactions have to do with his partner, you know? And so... I don't know. But then he did some pretty terrible things. It's not that I forgot about the <laughs> fact that he's trying to kidnap the kids, hold people hostage, you know, and try to give himself credit. The way he fights is stupid. Um, the fact that he thinks of everything as having like a winner or a loser of every argument, of having sides, like that's sure. all unhealthy stuff. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, we'll get to Ronald later for me. <laughs> I have things to say. Well, yes. And I think you're also extra sensitive when it comes to any parenting yes, things that true. happen. Also true. Um, yeah. So I think that's also probably where we, I don't want yeah. to say disagree, but view things differently, you know? Totally. Totally. All right. So, so 12, Ron, 12, right? 12. My 12 yeah. was Natalie. Okay. Um, because, and this is where I always came to, either Mike or Natalie, one of the two of those people- mm-hmm was lying 100 completely about their oh, relationship. Yeah. Oh, sure. And based on kind of a tell-all and what I've seen recently, I'm pretty sure it was Natalie. Okay. Um, that was more full of shit, like, okay. in terms of that. Um, and I just hate the way, like, the, 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 and it, I guess it really, the thing that, made, and so that's why I put her below Mike. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, I think they were both really bad in the relationship. She, I think she kind of made up the, your mom called me a hooker thing. Um, I think she makes up a lot of stuff. I think she probably made up stuff that she told to Juliana. And like the way, especially at the end, the very end when she like walked out and like had to walk past Mike and was like mm-hmm. had that weird smile on her face when she, she got in the always elevator. always was- has that smile where she's just like prancing around like. Yeah, she's so like, weird. Yeah, she's so weird. And like – and that that's what it came – that was my decision. I was like I had to decide where I wanted to put Mike and Natalie – and I kind of had my spots open and I was like, who do I think was more full of shit? Because they're yeah. both full of shit. But who was more full of shit? And I came up with Natalie, I think. Right. So my number 12 was Andre, as we had said before. So mm-hmm. who was your number 13? My number 13 was Angela. Um, okay. Because I'm tired of seeing her on my TV and I don't yes. like her. She's not entertaining. Yeah. She has that laugh that I mute when it comes on. Oh, like, gosh. And yeah. I, I don't want to listen to her laugh. I don't want to listen to her screaming at the other people. I'm done listening to this lady. I think she was faking it at the tell-all. So yes. it, the, the, the thing that always drove drives you nuts, the fame whores. She is yes. a fame whore. Oh, yeah. For sure she's a fame whore. And Man. so I'm tired. She I'm, hams I it up. I don't yep. want it anymore. I, I, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's – she's now showing her tits because she knows she has the up the ante – like it's all just I can't, I I don't I, I every time they mention her being on the show again I roll my eyes and go groan and this was yes. no exception she comes in that weird Doctor Eggman getup she was wearing <laughs> and then like and we know and we know she was like she was all she was doing is just kind of spit sitting and when can I start screaming when can I start screaming when can I start screaming now and it's like yeah no. I, I, and the whole season was like that she the way she and if you want to go into the way she was acting like. Okay, yeah, she did – Michael did do her wrong, right? But uh-huh. she also was flirting with everybody who looked at her twice. Right, right. right. She also was in a, yelling at every Uber driver with no mask on during COVID the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, ugh. She just – she ugh. I don't like her. Get her off my okay. TV. <laughs> okay. We'll start a, peti- a petition. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number 13 – was Natalie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so that makes it pretty obvious that my last one was Mike. So, I put Natalie and Mike at the bottom because this couple, I hated them so <laughs> much. It was so obvious from the beginning of when they were even like having their visa journey that they were already over the relationship. Yeah. Right. So this is like before they got married. So not this season. Like mm-hmm. they were just over the relationship. It was kind of like, a well, I guess we have to do this because we spent all this money with the visa. So 
come on over and let's get married. I guess we'll just try this out, right? Mm -hmm. And it has not gotten any better since. It's like, it's so clear and obvious that I don't want to say it's a sham marriage, but it's clearly a marriage where they both kind of even recognized going into it. Like, yeah, we probably shouldn't get married, but there's all these weird circumstances where it feels like we can't really go back now. So we might as well continue down this path. And then Natalie is just like a freaking weirdo like this entire time and uh, doing shady stuff like not going home, like staying at Juliana's house all the time. Um, Her weird thing with, you know, and you talk about Natalie because you already, you know, so all kind of the same things. Um, Having her secret pseudo boyfriend when she met up with Yara and Jovi. I don't know. Just the two that of them. I just never want to see them. Mike was trying to talk to her and she kept doing <laughs> the rat. Yeah. <laughs> She's oh just a weird gosh. person. She is a very bizarre person. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, does that – are you on your 13? That means, no, i done my 13. I'm on my last one. Okay. So I'll go so and say So why don't you Mike. go ahead and talk about why you hate Mike more, more than Natalie. <sighs> I hate Mike. I hate him every time he comes on the screen. I hate his big, stupid face. I hate that he is trying to make himself seem like he is this victim every single time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at least with Natalie, I would say the reason why Natalie ranks a little bit higher than me is, you know, she just I don't think she's trying to play it up. You know, she's not trying to play it up for the camera like she's this victim. She just she's a little clueless and dumb about things. You leave me in wood. You leave me in wood all alone. I scared in wood. I believe that that is honest, like frustration. (laughs) No, I really, truly believe that's honest frustration. Whereas Mike, I feel like. (laughs) Well, you know, but I feel like he is just, you know, he knows what this is going to look like. He tries to make it look a certain way. No, but then at the true. same time, he's like Mr. Moody over here where he's like constantly brooding, you know, and it's just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I I cannot deal with this person. He's like so fake to me and he's just so like depressing to like watch. And I just yeah, I'm don't like him and his whole thing with like blindly believing his mom mm-hmm. is just like you know not even trying it was like he, it was so obvious that both of them weren't even trying to make this relationship happen right right all right so ronald for me number 14 lois yes. mm-hmm. and yeah so he would have been pretty low just based on who he is like his weird like Oh, women! Women aren't going to tell me what to do. Right. Not women. We're not women. That's not women. Women aren't for telling. Men are for telling. Women are for doing. Right. That kind of weird macho crap. That's putting him pretty low. His kind of stubbornness in the relationship. His half-assedly trying. Like the babies are running around everywhere. When he's sweeping the floor, I'm sweeping the floor. <laughs> the way he made the room for Daniel and then glued the newspaper to the floor and also made a room that he can't sleep in because if you notice that every time they get in a fight, he goes and takes the mattress out of that room and sleeps in the living room because that room is not habitable. So he made a half – it's just the way he kind of half-assedly does stuff and then expects like huge praise and applause for it. I feel like I'm not appreciated. It's it's annoying and all that's bad and all that would put me at the 
put me at the bottom. But then he the, the, the kidnapping the kids thing. Is, yeah. and, and you had it right. I'm very sensitive to children things. And the idea of like, I'm going to make them stay here. And it's my turn. And I'm going to take them from their mother. She, she's been taking them from me. Like, nope, 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 you're out. <laughs> that, that, if, if he was a perfect person besides that, that would have put him at the bottom for me. Yeah. I also thought you would throw in the fact that he would always try to involve Daniel into his arguments. Also true, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know you also which find disgusting. Which stress, he has no parental rights to Daniel at all. Right. That's so weird and he why he thinks. he that kid in South Africa. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. So that rounds it out. Yes, it pretty does. Close, pretty yeah, close. Pretty close. Close-ish. There at the bottom. But yeah. Yeah. You know, top was pretty much agreed. But how many people are coming back next week? Next week? Well, for the other way in this show. We're going next oh. week. We start the other way. I don't think we have anyone in this group that's on the other way, right? No, none of, nobody from this group. You're right. Nobody from this group is on the other way. Yeah. I know we see Jenny and Summit. Yeah. Summit. I forgot. Yes. I forgot. We're going to have to remind ourselves how to pronounce his name since there's been so many different versions floating Smee. around. I like when she says Smee, like it's yeah. Captain Hook's like, first mate. Like, yeah. Where that one came from. Yeah. Oh, and we have Ariel and Biniam is coming back. Oh, Okay. Um, I can't remember what else. Well, we'll find out with everybody next week, I guess. Yes, yes. So we'll find out. <laughs> but I'm definitely over this crew, and I hope I don't see any of them ever again. Yeah, I know, right? Did you have a life lesson? Um, it's hard to come up with a life lesson for this one because, like you said at the beginning, nothing really moved forward. Like I feel like last week's life lesson, like last week's um, tell all, we had yes, a lot of like, a new lot information more. coming up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess it's all about like. I, and I guess it goes to like Andre and Charlie and stuff. It's just like it doesn't work to tiptoe around the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it seems like until Andre mentioned it, nobody was trying to mention Charlie's substance problems. And that yeah. seems to be the base of his issues with the family. And everybody was just trying to be like, oh, I don't know why he got fired. Did I get well, fired? What's going on? Oh. At the same time, I could absolutely see that – there's probably a lot more arguing that happens off camera. Sure. And then that's where the stuff comes out. Because I, I respect the fact that if this substance abuse is really part of, you know, how they're going to resolve these problems, um, that they're not trying to throw Charlie under the bus uh, in public, right? Because right. Charlie still needs to work. Right. And so the last thing you would want to do is say these kinds of terrible things about, I mean, even if they're true, terrible things about your family member in a way that Mm. could negatively affect aspects of their life like employment. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. But I think there has to be a more productive way to do that than to blame somebody else for all the problems. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like, you know, maybe I I hope there's conversations that we don't see, you know, because it would be sad if this was like literally the only fighting they do because they're like, oh, the cameras are here. Let's try hash this out now. It's like, well, well, do you think they have their their family barbecues? I don't think they have much to do with each other when the cameras turn off. Well, yeah, that that could be true, too. Uh, So my life lesson also, family Libby, uh, family and business, business, like mixing those two, really difficult. You need Mm -hmm. to have contracts, agreements, specific expectations about what it looks like, and then no one can argue about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just 
I'm sure the family business would be going fine. It's just pretty clear that it's a failing family business. Yes. Because if there was plenty of if there were plenty of houses to go around, no would be arguing about they're taking money out of my pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If the business was growing, everybody'd be cool with it. But in right. fact, yeah, they're they're kind of seems just like they're fighting over scraps. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because if and not even like the money thing, but it's like, oh, it's too much business for me to handle. I can't sell right. all these houses. Right. So I need someone else to help me. Like if it's a situation like that, then yeah, sure. You probably wouldn't be so sad about it. Yep. All right. So that pretty much wraps it up. And I guess the other way is next week. So we will be yeah. back next week. Yep. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.